0: Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt Today is May the 16th, 2007 and this is CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and AlanWattSentientSentinel.eu This last little while I've been talking to different people uh, who are noticing the changes in and around their own lives to do with the war on terror and they are beginning to panic at uh, the increasing costs of gasoline the rate that everything goes up in the stores, the prices are going up and up because everything that you buy is transported with fuel being behind the mechanisms of engine power So, when fuel goes up, everything goes up. They also see the increased presence of military troops and various agencies heavily armed in the big cities. And because they're just waking up to the fact that the world that they believed in, that they were conditioned into, is not exactly as it seems they tend to be afraid when they when they snap out of it even at the bottom level they have many more levels to go through before they have a clear picture and most can't actually get there because denial will kick in it's a terrifying thing to think that most of the things that you believed in and your parents believed in and talked about this various topics fads the way they passed their lives was directed for them through culture creation, experts and downloaded into them basically by all the various media means that still are used today. Generations have gone to their deaths never knowing after a full life that the major events that happened in their lifetime to their countries were planned that way before they were born there are no sides in this war ongoing war because really all wars are a war on the general public of every country by psychopathic groups who can only prosper in the system that they gave us So really the system, or the people, the people themselves were conquered thousands of years ago when money was introduced and people accepted it as a medium of exchange. It took the power of barter directly from their own hands as individuals and put it into the money men who took over your life, made you work for money, not for barter or items. And made it now impossible to get items without using money. Armies are recruited, police are recruited with money. The control mechanism is here and has always been here, at least for over 2,000 years. It's difficult for people to wrap their minds around the concept of that which they take for granted which is the system they're born into actually not evolving that way but being planned that way because power and even at the highest governmental agencies especially those ones which are in the category of the CIA or MI6 and so on their first directive is to make sure they stay in power that's always the way by all costs and all means. Long ago, media was given to the public for control mechanisms. The first newspapers that were brought out nationally were all for that purpose. The BBC, British Broadcasting Corporation, for many, many years only recruited its staff, any and all of its staff, from Eton, to ensure that the power would stay within a certain class structure that shared common values and to maintain the system of a dominant minority being at the top very old dominant minority with hereditary links to ages in the past the purpose of the BBC was to initially put out and still does propaganda create the culture and in the 1950s that's when it really went into full swing across the western world every country in the western world created a department of culture where they could dispose of money for the arts, entertainment For authors, everything that gives you and you think of as culture was given out to selective people who played the game and did what they were told and put out whatever form of music, whatever style of literature, whatever spin was required to keep you in a matrix mentality, believing you're on the cutting edge as you grew up of society science and humanity it was designed that way and it still is it was also back in the 50s that the most major well-known personalities in media in every country especially with the blossoming of television the top ones that people eventually put their trust in for news on the payrolls of intelligence services. Nothing has really changed. A couple of weeks ago, I read from the Guardian newspaper an article from the Ministry of Defence. In Britain, you have ministries, same thing as departments where its top think tanks had put out what they foresaw for the next 20 30 or more years. And it's all a reaction to what they see happening amongst the people. something obviously is to stir up the people to such an extent there'll be sporadic outbreaks and violence and flash mobs as they call it and the military. The highest levels are preparing to deal with this for for up to 30 years in ahead of time before anything so far has actually happened. 30 odd years ago, the same newspaper and all the rest of them were parroting what they foresaw at the end of the supposed Cold War, where all the various agencies they set up in foreign countries. Recruiting foreign nationals in those countries to fight the Soviet threat, supposedly, which would end up like wild bands that would have to be dealt with down the road. And that's why the present war is going on. The CIA, MI6 and others set up the problems long ago. Now they have served their purpose and they're eliminating them because they're always planning a hundred years or more ahead. All the time. And what I'm saying is that 30, 40 years ago, those newspapers were telling us what was going to happen today, and it's happening. The same newspapers are telling us what's going to happen within the next 30 years, obviously on a sliding scale gradually up towards the crisis point but they're not telling you why the public would be so angry Is to retaliate against the dominant system most of what you read in newspaper articles to do with anything of import is propaganda spun in a certain way many of the articles you read such as what I'm about to read, are actually advertisements to encourage something to happen. Put across is an actual story of something that is happening. When it comes to intelligence services, they're Machiavellian. That's their purpose, deception. That's their guiding rule deceive that's why most recruits are psychopaths they understand deception instinctively so there's not an awful lot you can really believe that comes out of their mouths at all the following is from an article from the Saturday Star Toronto front page May 12th it says, Canadians lining up to join spy agency. This is your first part of a promo. It's just really an ad to get people to apply. CSIS is on a hiring blitz, and last year more than 14,500 people applied by Tonda McCharles. It says, Ottawa. Maybe it was a shock of 9-11 Maybe it is the reality of Canadians dying in the War on Terror or charges against so-called homegrown terrorists or maybe it's stronger recruiting efforts by the Canadian Security Intelligence Service which is called CSIS or insiders sometimes call it Big Sis and previous employees because of the certain hiring of certain personalities call it Big Sissy to continue, including outreach in ethnic communities. Very important part that. And it goes on. Whatever the motivation, more and more Canadians are lining up to become spies, the agency says. This is the agency, remember, that keeps quiet about everything. Whatever they say has an ulterior motive, or they keep totally quiet, completely quiet. So this is an ad to, tra- to attract more in from especially ethnic communities last year more than 14 half thousand people submitted applications for jobs in ceases of that number ceases hired 100 as intelligence officers or spies that's not true either because for everyone they hire as an as an actual, an actual officer intelligence officer they hire many layers beneath them uh, as basically Snoops within their own communities that's often get titles to keep them happy because you always had the snitches that must come back with the information to the particular officers. They pay them, even on contract basis. You can have people working within schools and universities, very common within newspaper industries, all media but also out into your community. So the lesser ones beneath the officer category are put into your areas or they're already living there and their job is just to collect information of local gossip and things that are going on or little clubs meeting together and what they're all about and any organisation that starts up they immediately infiltrate to find out what it's all about and this is nothing new this has always been going on long before 9-11 continue it says here is 100 all you needed or all you were able to find Senator Tommy Banks recently asked CSIS Director Jim Judd It was actually more than we needed, Judge told the Standing Committee on National Defence and Security. CSIS is on a hiring blitz. The agency's staffing levels dropped because of federal budget cuts in the mid-90s, but it has received millions of dollars in funding for new recruits since 9-11. We are building a bit of flexibility into our capacity, said Chud. I expect we will hire another 100 this year and I expect the level of applications will be that high as well. He concluded the level of interest is surprising. Equally surprising is the caliber of applicants, Judge said. Two-thirds of the hires have two or more university degrees and half have languages other than English and French. But don't ask which languages. That's top secret. Although a spokesman for thesis allowed... That they include Spanish, Arabic, and Chinese, etc. So you see how they tell you something that they're trying to keep something back. Then they have another officer telling you much more. This is an ad. This you see. Spokesperson Barbara Campion used the oft-cited statistic that amongst 2,600 CSIS employees, 85 languages are spoken. So there you are. It's just you know this is this is this is so. Spooky is a word. Senator Mobina Jaffer said, Sisi's relationship with the Muslim and Arab-speaking communities in Canada are better than in the aftermath of the September the 11th. And hold on a sec while I turn this over. 2001 attacks, when many, including her, accused the spy agency of racially profiling terrorist suspects judge said CSIS had invested an enormous amount of time and effort with various ethnic communities in Canada. Not only has it allayed some of the community leaders concerns, but judge said those same con- uh, leaders actively helped CSIS hire people which we have been doing at a much greater rate over the last number of years so You see, the leaders are all part of it too of all the ethnic groups That's how you control every ethnic group, you give them the leaders. Now 45% of intelligence officers at CSIS are women, and over the past two fiscal years, 55% of new hires for that stream of work have been female, Campion said. Judge said many of the new recruits have work experience, including overseas or military. The issue for us now is training them and developing them and getting them to an operational level. After six months of basic training, Judge said, new recruits are generally on probation for about five years, the time it takes for an intelligence officer to reach the point of being deployable. But with the influx of strong candidates, CSIS is considering deploying people sooner. What they're really doing is putting younger people in as well, into the field, and no doubt they'll stir up some provocateur problems along the road, So we can point fingers at other groups that are targeted Some of my colleagues would say that the recruits that have come into the organisation over the last five or six years Are smarter than ever before, said Judge, who became director in November 2004 Some of them have more experience, life experience, if you will Other than academic credentials that may make them more readily deployable than was perhaps the case in the past CSIS created nearly 23 years ago to take over national security intelligence gathering duties from the RCMP Now the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police were set up a long, long time ago not like the guys that you see riding the horses but actually to infiltrate society and snoop on suspected communists and they never stopped gathering intelligence So the RCMP first drew heavily on the ranks of the RCMP's National Security Service Two decades on, less than 10% of its workforce is former RCMP members. Overall, its attrition rate is lower than the Federal Public Service at large, but it has recently seen several retirements in its top ranks, including its Deputy Director of Operations, Assistant Director of Operations, the Assistant Director of Corporate and the Assistant Director of Finances. Most have been replaced by people coming up within the service, at CSIS has also gone outside to augment its senior ranks, Judd said. A request to interview Judd about the new faces at CSIS was refused. But Campion said the changing face of the service helps CSIS three ways. It makes it easier to get assistance from the Canadian population, helps the organisation to avoid groupthink, and sends a message of including inclusiveness to all current employees. So that's really an ad an ad to bring or to get more people applying it's obvious they want more of the ethnic groups and more women to apply as officers many more will be hired as I say as sub-agents or as snoops who simply gather lower level intelligence within communities and pass it up higher up the ladder nothing new in this at all London used to be had about 5,000 spies At one point, uh, going round bars and restaurants, listening to gossip, attending women's meetings and men's meetings and all kinds of NGO meetings. This is nothing new whatsoever, because we think we're living in a free society. The reality is we're not. We're living in a planned society, including the big projects uh, deemed suitable to change society further down the road when required. One of the continuing problems down through the ages with spies and the different orders of spies, with the snitches, etc. A snitch gets paid for turning information in that he thinks or he or she thinks is relevant or will be relevant to his boss, and they're often tempted to create situations amongst the group they're infiltrating to make something exciting happen to make themselves more important to get a bigger pay and to be kept on the payroll and that's how provocateurship starts all young men are basically tribal in the sense they want to belong to a pure group they want to be accepted by the peer group and being young, and especially teenagers they have a form of anger or rebellion you can't blame them especially with the society uh, as it is today and whatever topic happens to be prevalent at the time they will speak out and boast about what they'd like to do to either the system or the part of the system they think is persecuting them. And it's quite easy for a provocateur to come in with money behind them. With a psychopathic personality. Perhaps older. Showing some fake credentials of being on their side. With an experience especially in certain areas become a form of hero to them and he'll lead them to their own destruction by setting them up for a fall so that the governments can then and the security agents can say see, terrorism is all around you it's within you or as George Orwell said why you might be a terrorist yourself and you didn't know it this is the real world we live in and there's nothing new in this at all nothing power and a particular system which has a dominant minority doesn't take chances in any era of losing power they ensure their descendants will still be the dominant minority and the system will still belong to them they are also ruthless when required Although some other agency will take the heat for the ruthless actions that are ordered from above. One problem we have always had, in fact, in humanity are the deviants who are the psychopaths. That's what I mean by deviants. They don't have the humane feelings towards others it's not in their brain it's not there they're often not always but often quite good but not excellent actually But quite good at school the higher the intellect the less humane that you'll often find the people not always but often and they become arrogant and they're egocentric which are a couple of qualities of the psychopath: a belief in their natural superiority over the others who are the normal people therefore they have no problem in befriending people being their best brother or sister and then turning them in they have no conscience you see but they are the best actors you'd ever meet and they sleep well at night every night as I've said already there are levels of intelligence services the public don't even know the names of the higher ones which have always been here every intelligence service has compartments within it in ascending order of authority in 1950s the CIA which specialised in setting up huge organisations within civilian life not just in the US but across the world with unlimited financing set up the department which dealt with the culture creation it didn't really set it up it took part of it over and called it Congress for Cultural Freedom. The Congress for Cultural Freedom, the term sounds so nice like everything else, mums apple pie, freedom, good word, had a completely different agenda, as all psychopaths are very good at at giving double meanings out, because they, they do it instinctively from birth, They know how to lie, they know what normal folk like to hear. So they have all these terms which people fall for, which have a different meaning altogether for those within the know. They funded almost every author, fiction, non-fiction, scientist, on scientific works and papers music all the arts including the nihilistic phase of expressionist etc including the women's lib movement and all the other movements which changed society as the left wing thought all that time that they were doing it the leaders were all supplied to them by a department, a big department of the CIA Congress for Cultural Freedom Up until that point Britain's agencies had been doing most of the work before the US with all of its funding could take over and continue it but it worked hand in glove with Britain and other Western countries all along. Those who led many of the left-wing movements, including Labour union leaders, were on the payroll. So was Arthur Kessler, who started with fictional works to guide the thinking of a select portion of society along a certain way, and then brought in his non-fiction while he also worked with the United Nations on ways of lobotomizing the brains of people, Kosler had a tremendous problem with his ego, as all psychopaths do. He really believed he was a genius and they would go into tirades when people wouldn't quite respect him for being so. Lord Bertrand Russell was on the payroll and started off as a radical anti-communist and then he was put on the payroll and then suddenly he was leading a good chunk of what seemed to be the left wing in certain areas. The heads of the, the women's lib movements in different countries were funded, set up and trained to do their tasks. And even magazines were paid for by the CIA to produce them with a certain format. To influence the gender conflict and get it going and get it into war. Certain pop singers that became rock singers or stars were promoted and told to behave in an obscene manner on stage. The crazier, the wilder, the better, as part of this disassociation idea of a steady mentality they didn't want that, they wanted a sort of nihilistic anything-goes society partly to prove supposedly to the eastern blocs that there was so much freedom in the west but it was a much bigger, higher agenda because there never really was a cold war because the top leaders in both countries were always in cahoots the war, as Professor Carol Quigley said war is meant to change societies the ones engaged in what seems to be the conflict it changes society because government can take over so many fields without too much complaint from the public of agriculture and manufacture wage and price, freezes, increases etc and ministry departments dealing with more and more of Really taking away rights, having authority over you. So governments love war. It's one of their prime reasons for existing. Without wars, even in the past, you wouldn't need armies. You wouldn't need ruthless leaders. Psychopaths like need each other at the top to maintain power of those beneath them in all countries. And it's hard for people to believe that many of the authors, fictional, -fictional, non-fictional, etc., main television characters and sciences and all that stuff, all the stuff that they went through their lives with, that their parents went through their lives with, talking about repeating in parrot fashion, admiring, were actually on the payroll of an organization which trained them to go out into society, made sure they were put in prime positions, where the public would see them as authoritarian figures, and they could then adopt the opinions of these geniuses. This is low level matrix stuff. Not quite on the floor, but halfway up towards the ceiling of level one. This uh, culture creation agency was funded by all of the CIA's budgets and black budgets and we know what they are involved in including the drug trade where the leaders of this agency said the end justifies the means Ignatius Loyola didn't invent that term neither did Adam Weishaupt it's always been that way for those in power positions, deceptions and Machiavellianism is the standard rule to control societies. That means giving you all the fads, all the phases that you go through growing up and living your lives, all the main topics of conversation. They're fed, and downloaded to you, the ideas the shaping of your mind towards the next part of an agenda that you don't even know is an agenda, including the Green Movement and the Green Party, where we all must be green and habitat areas. I'll go more into this particular subject of culture creation in another talk. I don't know how many people realize that We are completely global and under one system. That the United Nations is the big head of the octopus, at least the ones, is the one that the public will see and hear about all the time. For every department of government you have in the United States, or Canada, or Britain, or France, or anywhere else, they have a level of the same only on a global scale at the United Nations because their job was to become at least the front for world government perhaps not the final version but it's the one to get the official acclaim as being so initially they have international associations for councillors, for mayors in every country in the world for police chiefs and you thought you elected them, and they worked for you. And the United Nations has magazines and forums for all these different groups of people in authority over you, where they give them their agenda, and they come back to your community and implement it. Often, you think it's only a local thing that's being introduced, but it's actually universal, it's worldwide. The United Nations, before they came up with the habitat area terminology, mandated the creation of super-cities, which would be the nucleus of the habitat area for the commoners of the near future, while the elite and bureaucratic Sovietized classes, those teachers in high positions, the police chiefs themselves, everyone who worked over the people, would live in their little habitat dashows in the country. This article I'm about to read is from the same newspaper, the Toronto Star, May 12, 2007, page A3. This is an example Of how propaganda is put across to people in such a way that they don't generally ask any whys, they don't ask questions the way it's formatted. It's by Jim Byers, the City Hall Bureau Chief. Mayor David Miller's heading towards the Big Apple to issue a big challenge. That's how it's introduced. Which is a joke, because there's no challenge to it, it's already formatted beforehand. As one of several North American mayors who have vowed to make their city the greenest on the continent, Miller will announce a web-based plan called Go Zero. G-O, capital Z-E-R-O. Exclamation mark, Toronto. So you'll have a Go Zero Toronto a Go Zero for every other city on the planet. That's, this is how it's introduced here, you see. You'll have your own Go Zero Hamburg or whatever in your own area. Because it, these are things that all work in concert together. Miller will announce a web based plan called Gold Zero Toronto, a project that will help Torontonians track how they're making a difference in fighting climate change and he'll challenge other mayors attending, he'll challenge other mayors who are all in the same payroll, attending the C40, I love these terms, C40, C40, large cities climate summit. So he will already have large city climate summits. Did you know that? To join what Nick Garrison calls a sort of green Facebook. Ultimately, the project could help cities. It'll help, see, good word, psychopathy again, when it was an opposite end in view could help cities around the world see how they stack up against others in reducing carbon dioxide emissions, said Garrison, who is communications director for the Toronto-based Zero Footprint. That means he's the PR man, public relations man. Public relations men are trained like lawyers never to say the truth. Their job is to cover up atrocity to the public under loss of cream and puff cakes. He says here, we're facing an environmental crisis of unseen proportions. This is a PR man who's no scientist telling you this, eh? but but here we go. Here's your, here's your propaganda. We need all the tools we can get to bring people together and find solutions, Garrison said. The company's website, www.zerofootprints.net, already has an ecological calculator that allows people to learn what impact they're having on the environment. For example by driving a particular model of car a certain number of kilometres a year. The programme to be unveiled next week will help Toronto residents see how their measures compare with green forces in cities like London or Chicago. This is the, the joke, you see. We're all trained into the sports stuff. And it's much like when you have... a. A real crisis somewhere whether it's man made or not most it's hard to tell the difference today with tsunamis that are that are made to order and harp projects like that. but with the last major tsunami, we had this almost competition to see which country was going to give the most well, this is to get us all competing now, so we get in on the game and compete with each other, so we give fake figures of who's doing the most, and we've got to catch up and overtake and we will be the best and they will have all this flag-waving and stuff going on. We're facing an environmental crisis of unseen proportions. We need all the tools we can get to bring people together and find solutions, blah, 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 blah. The programme to be unveiled next week will help Toronto residents see how their measures compare with Green Forces in cities like London or Chicago. The Go Zero programme is about reaching out, reaching out. You see, they love these little terms. These are little... Stalin said we shall win by slogans. And Lenin said it before him We shall win by slogans And that's what they give the public Buzzwords and slogans Thought out by think tanks (sighs) Reaching out to Toronto And showing them How much energy they're consuming Their impact on climate change Their own climate change footprint, (laughs) footprint Showing them how they can improve And allowing them to work with other people To significantly strengthen Our environmental stewardship off Toronto, see—we're all responsible now. It's our place. It's our place. This is probably getting repeated in every country in the world. The same kind of spin by other reporters for their city. You know. Similar so told reporters yesterday. The PR man told them, "We'll give you the details next week, but in general terms, they zero footprint will have developed tools. To developed tools. We're all used to this terminology now." That tell people how to calculate their own personal footprint and give you some ideas on how to change it. It's called behaviour modification, people. And Pavlov was a—he uh, wasn't the boss of that or, or the first guy, but he certainly improved some of the techniques so that people can lower their impact on the environment. It's a really powerful tool because people want to do the right thing. See, there you go again. If you don't want this, you're not doing the right thing. You're antisocial. That's what that's the inference here. You see, and government's role is to show them how. Government's role is to show us how to be, to to do the right thing. Governments, have you ever looked at the credentials of people who run for candidacies in government, and their history in the past? Boy, oh boy, they're going to show us. Miller said the program will help people form carpools, or you must do carpools. You're back to the carpooling stuff again. And perhaps even form a solar power cooperative as some Toronto groups already are doing. The mayor said he's not aware of a program quite like it anywhere else. Yes, yeah, sure. I think it's a it's a unique opportunity. He says, I think is a unique opportunity. That's badly worded, isn't it? I think is a unique opportunity. Maybe it's unique that you're thinking. Tools for sharing information will be part of the program, Garrison said. You can network with other people who share your goals, Garrison said. <laughs> it could be ideas, it could be news, it could be blogs. In other words, get involved. You know, cut down the CO2. Don't breathe as much. That's what we could all do to save the planet. Don't breathe as much. Don't breathe out. And maybe these characters will do it first and show us how to do it. People can share environmentally friendly ideas on everything from green pillowcases, oh, here we go, green pillowcases, to potato peelers. We already have a database of green events around the world. Sure you do, because you get it from the United Nations. Listing conferences on everything from climate change to water quality, from Cincinnati to Copenhagen. The technology is brand new, oh... Garrison said, of the eco-calculator. It's a bottom-up initiative for every citizen, I was going to think say here, they could just raise their bottoms because they're gonna a good kick in the you-know-where. And you can monitor how other people are doing. Let's all compete now to see who's greener, eh? Are you greener than your neighbour? What have you eaten? It's a real advantage. There are so many ways people can do things that make a difference, Garrison said. And instead of thinking, well, well, there's just a period there. And instead of thinking, well, I'm only doing this this little thing. People get to see that their actions and other people's actions together are having a major impact, he said. You can network with other people who share your goals. You see, they're your goals. You didn't know that, did you? This is how you're given your ideas. They're your goals. You just didn't know it. You know, people have no goals that they haven't actually been given by the culture creators. We're given all our goals. We're given what's right and wrong, what to try and aspire to, albeit a con. But this is how this kind of stuff is put over under the guise of news. Then it says the mayors meet in the Big Apple to paint 40 cities green. Paint 40 cities green. Well, see that paint would pollute, wouldn't it? All that green paint all over 40 cities. For goodness sake. This is a big paint company. One of the big boys getting the benefits. Where? New York City, Tuesday to Thursday. Participants: Toronto, Toronto Mayor or David Miller. New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg. London Mayor Ken Livingstone Chicago Mayor Richard Daly and representatives from more than 40 other cities including Bangkok, Delhi, Tokyo, Sao Paulo and Addis Ababa and Ethiopia There'll be many, many more On the agenda Discussions on how to make water systems efficient How politicians can beat traffic congestion Well, don't they worry, the politicians the chauffeurs, drive them through it all and still get elected how to create green skylines green skylines, everything's going to change eh? and how cities can use renewable energy welcome and Green uh, uh, well, that's how it's done the respectable people that clawed their way over others to get to their positions are going to teach us how to be good Green little men from Mars. They love green because that's the big Masonic god of nature, in a symbol that is, not the actual god itself. You see, it's all allegorical. It's about time to wind up this talk. There's so much more to say, especially to people who. I've been oblivious to this this topic of culture creation everything they take for granted including the arguments they're given to discuss or argue about the whole homosexual wedding thing was all part of that you fight over it scream over it and get angry over it the gay lesbian stuff the, how horrible the cocaine uh, racket was getting through society all the topics we get involved in or we try to get involved in people fall for is given to them everything happens at the right time because the culture creation industry as I said was financed by very high levels of really supra-government it's above the general realms of government as you know it. The funding for these organizations, such as the one the CIA worked. It was theirs. I mean the operation was controlled by them. One in many departments that were they controlled. They channelled millions and millions of dollars per year through the great foundations that work hand in glove with them all of the great foundations my advice to all the young guys out there especially at the moment those in ethnic communities is beef all you want and bitch all you want about the system of the country you're in at the moment but expect to be infiltrated as soon as you start talking about forming an official or unofficial organisation you will be immediately infiltrated if you're not already at the start-up stage of even talking about it even those who start up the talking in your area be very wary of Because they're liable to be an agent who leads you like sheep into a pen. And the pen is the dock in the courtroom. You can't start up an organization in this day and age in any country, including Afghanistan or Iraq, or anywhere else or any of the western countries without the agencies knowing all about what you're doing from the very beginning and often they'll be leading you and there's nothing worse than fighting for something which was never yours in the first place fighting to try and keep a belief or a system or even the possessions you have or the things you think you're entitled to when all you have is what's allowed by the system itself at this particular time the whole joke in intelligence agencies at the top internationally about 9-11 being a complete surprise it's just that it's a joke because you can't move, do anything, plan anything without the big agencies knowing right away. I seldom talk about 9 11 because it was something that had to happen to get this agenda rolling. An entire world, they needed a particular event. It happened. Twin Towers, Jacken and Boas, it's Masonic. It was so, so obvious. And the footage that came out immediately afterwards and the interviews and little blurbs given out by media like the BBC where the head of one of the intelligence agencies said immediately that they warned the US, they'd warned it for a few weeks beforehand that this was going to happen. The most sad did the same. Why wasn't something done because it was supposed to be done at a higher level, that's why. The world couldn't be pushed towards this part of the agenda without the event occurring. Something that was needed on a Pearl Harbor scale to motivate the public behind the president. As a couple of their own writers said, before 9-11 happened for the new American century to take place to be fulfilled and unraveled and to work its way through society and no it's not American nationals are leading it they're international because all the leaders of the world have always been international you can't Make such alterations in society and get the public to accept the loss of all freedoms, mandated ID cards and all this stuff without the event happening. Those who speak out and who haven't been authorized to speak out are always contacted by people from agencies. Who never declared themselves as such, but you can tell as ways of telling. Who'll try and divert you onto different things or topics or to manage you without your knowledge if you went along with them. And this limitless budgets and funds, even before 9-11 to pay for thousands of them. And all the subsections right down to people who live in your street. And many of them are even retired couples that come out of government or bureaucracies and settle in your area and become a responsible, upstanding, Masonic citizen. Then gather intelligence. Jax Lull, one of the best authors on the system, who also worked for the UN for a period talked about a total information system that was already in use from the 1950s onwards in every western country and how personality profiles were made up on every citizen including those in the rural areas And how is all intelligence gathered? Most of it, apart from the fact they've always snooped on phone lines and so on, most of it comes from gathering gossip. Simple as that. And he said the police chiefs have this information and they keep it secret from the public. The real world is completely different from the TV and fictional version were bombarded with those who don't know their history will succumb to every trick in the book those who don't look at the histories of elites in all ages and all countries and see how utterly ruthless and cruel they were cruel because they knew how to dominate by terror the minds of the general public it was mandatory at times in different countries to attend executions not just executions but the most disgusting display of man's inhumanity to man as it would hang then draw and disembowel and quarter someone in a process that could take up to an hour as they kill them. To ensure the public would never forget the spectacle and would bow and scrape to the dominant minority. Nothing has changed except the PR, the public relations does a great job of pretending that they're now vastly different and caring the truth is never unpleasant especially when when you're being brought up in fantasy in cotton wool and taught to be egocentric yourself It's not pleasant at all To realise just how bad it is But nothing can change We know where the end will be in all of this They have told us Their perfect society is a completely controlled society A much smaller society too Where brain chipping will be the norm For the general population But the dominant minority will be exempt because they must retain their faculties of self-preservation or survival because they will be guiding the planet. The general public won't need it because the state will be making all their decisions for them. Arthur Koesler, who worked and actually set up the manifesto for the Congress of Cultural Freedom, ha ha ha, said that himself in his own book, The Ghost in the Machine. And if there's one thing you can count on, when the big boys write a book, where they tell you what they want and give you timescales of implementation, you can take that to the bank. They never change their plans. From Hamish and myself, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.
1: On a warm summer's evening On a train bound for nowhere I met up with a gambler We were both too tired to sleep So we took turns staring Out the window at the darkness The boredom overtook us And he began to speak He said, son, I've made my life Out of reading people's faces And knowing what the cards were by the way, they held their eyes So if you don't mind saying I can see you're out of Ace For a taste of your whiskey I'll give you some advice So I handed him my bottle And he drank down my last swallow Then he bummed a cigarette And asked me for a light And the night got deathly quiet Face lost all expression Said if you're gonna play the game, boy You gotta learn to play it right You got to know when to hold up Know when to fold up Know when to walk away Know when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for count When the dealin's done How every gambler knows The secret to surviving Is knowing what to throw away Knowing what to keep Cause every hand's a winner And every hand's a loser And the best you can hope for Is to die in your sleep So when he finished speaking He turned back toward the window Crushed out his cigarette Faded off to sleep Then somewhere in the darkness The gambler he broke even But in his final words I found An ace that I could keep you got to know when to hold up Know when to fold up. up Know when to walk away Know when to run You never count your money when you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for count. When the dealin's done You got to know when to hold them Know when to fold, em. Know, when to fold em. know when to walk away Know when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for count When the dealing's done you got to know when to hold up, know when to fold up, know when to walk away, know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for count when the deal's done.